In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who gathers us together as a communion. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I ask the question, how often do you have communion? And as we heard in the children's message, we have communion in a variety of ways. But specifically today, we're talking about this sign of the church that our founder, Martin Luther, said was a, a sign that you are in a church. And so, uh, you know, it might, might be something that you kind of wonder about if you wander into some random building and they're singing songs and you're like, oh, well, I don't know. Is this church or is this not? Well, one of the things that you might see happening in that church is that there are people that are having communion. And you go, oh, well, that's a pretty good sign that this is a church. Now, if people are eating little crackers and having glasses of wine, you also might be at an art gallery. So just keep that in mind. But if there's somebody who is getting up and he is saying, this is the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, and this is the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, you're probably in a church. And so you go, well, yeah, of course, that's one of the signs of the church. We just went through some of the other ones that are maybe not quite so obvious. You know, one of them is just having a gathering of people who have been baptized. Well, I have gatherings of people that have been baptized in my house every day. And it's not church. And the other one is the sign of the possession of the Holy Cross, which is basically all about suffering. And I suffer a lot, too, but it's not always church. Sometimes it is. But this one, it's kind of like, okay, well, well, what is this all about? And we have this sort of like wide spectrum of readings today, don't we? We, we start off with Acts, which is mostly what we're going to be talking about. And then we kind of drifted over into everybody's favorite psalm. And then after that, we got the weird, like, First Peter saying, hey, you should uh, want to suffer unjustly. And when you suffer unjustly, that's a good thing. And you go, oh, well, thanks. And then you have Jesus having a, a sort of metaphor fail with his disciples, right? They, they just don't get it. He's like, hey, look, I'm the good shepherd. And they're like, oh, well, we don't, what are you saying? And then he says, well, I'm the door. Okay. But I think sometimes that sort of wideness of what it means for us to be the church is a lot of what it, it causes sort of questions to come up. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, the, the way that we define the church is, is uh, we don't necessarily define it the same way that Luther is here by saying, okay, well, there's seven marks. And if you check off the seven marks, you go, okay, well, that must be church. Because some, sometimes that's not quite as helpful as kind of taking a look at the reverse, looking at what the church is not. And so if you look at the first sign of the church that we took a look at, that, that sign of suffering, that sign of the possession of the Holy Cross, one of the things that you can take out of that is that the church is not just a room full of happy, clappy people. That's a B-52 song. Hey, you actually laughed at that 
The rest of you look it up on Google later. And that's good news, right? That you don't have to have your life together, that you can actually be suffering, that you can actually live your life and you can say, you know, I've got some stuff. I'm suffering in a lot of different ways. But you can come here and you don't have to put on a face and say, oh, well, everything is fine in my life. I'm so great. You can actually be where you're at. That's okay for the church. We're all right with that. The next sign, the sign of the baptized people, is actually a lot of what Luther gets into when he's talking about this in terms of Holy Communion. Uh, Because when he writes, this this all comes out of one of his writings. It's called On Councils and the Church. I know it sounds thrilling, doesn't it? On councils in the church, he, he actually gets into this thing about how you shouldn't have to worry about who you are when you come to communion. That you shouldn't have to worry about having it all together. That you shouldn't have to worry about that everything is going well in your life. That it's okay to be kind of broken, just like that first sign. In, in fact, that would be the probably the only thing that drives you to the Lord's Supper. That you recognize that there's something going on in your life that you're like, I need to get this fixed. That you're like, okay, I know that that meal has something for me. And yet, when Luther was writing these things down, a lot of people were very impressed with themselves about getting everything together. They would fast for even sometimes days before taking Holy Communion. They would do all sorts of ritual preparations in order to do that. They would question the guy who was doing Communion to see if he was orthodox enough in order to actually give them the good stuff. And then Luther looks at this Acts reading and he goes, I don't see any of that. In fact, what you do see in this Acts reading, basically every Bible scholar that exists out there looks at this Acts reading and they look at a specific phrase, that phrase that says breaking of bread. They devoted themselves to a whole bunch of stuff, right? And one of the things that they devoted themselves to was breaking bread. Now, if you don't know that breaking bread is an idiom for eating, that sounds really strange, doesn't it? You know, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and then they went into bakeries, and they wreaked havoc, breaking all of those loaves of bread all over the place. But what it appears is happening with that term breaking bread is that they are literally having communion Every day-ish. Which gets me to my grandma. My grandma, she was raised in the Lutheran Church, the same denomination that that we are a part of, in fact. And uh, the practices were different at the time. And the practice that she had was that she would go to communion four times a year. She would go to communion four times a year because they were afraid that if you went any more than four times a year, that it would lose something special. Well, well, don't tell that to the people in Acts. 
Because it looks like they're having a great time and they're having communion all of the time. They are having a com- communion at least once a day. Now, later on in church history, it kind of gets a little bit less and it gets celebrated on the Lord's Day, specifically instead of just at every meal. But it gives you that sort of question of, wow, what was it like to be a part of this group of people? This group of people that heard Peter talking in a sermon on Pentecost in in early Acts and then being so cut to the heart that they say, what do we do? They repent, they are baptized, 3,000 of them at one time. And then this reading, which comes right after that one, says that God is adding to their number day by day by day by day to the point where they're experiencing such momentous growth that they probably have a hard time keeping track of what's happening in their own community because it is growing so fast. I mean, we get that here. We have quarterly new member celebrations. And those new members that come up, a lot of times are people that have been attending here for about a quarter, about three months. And I still get some of you saying, hey, who's that person? <laughs> and for real, y'all, we're not like a mega church. You can go up, you can say hello, my name is such. They'll probably not punch you in the face. And if so, go back to the possession of the Holy Cross. You have this this connection, this communion that is happening here in Acts. And it is about the Lord's Supper, but it is also more about what the Lord's Supper does in our lives. The Lord's Supper invites us into a shared experience together. That's what the people in Acts were having. They were having this time where they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles, where they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, where they devoted themselves to fellowship, where they devoted themselves to all of these great things. And out of that came what we know as the church. That's what it means for us to have communion. means that we're sharing the very lifeblood of our existence with one another. And so people like my grandma, who had communion four times a year, didn't mean that she didn't have communion with her congregation that she was taking communion with. It just meant that that was a special time. And the people in Acts that were having it every day doesn't, doesn't mean that they had some sort of lesser or fractional version of what it meant to have communion. Which gets us to Kirsty. Today, Kirsty gets to take Holy Communion. I met Kirsty. On a day when she came up here, uh, enrolled in Florida State, and the very first day that she came here, she heard what I said about Holy Communion, 
And when she heard that, I said that those who are not ready for this commitment, come forward with your hands placed over your chest like this. And she did that. And so what do I do? I give her the sign of the cross on her forehead, and I give her the baptismal blessing. And I go, well, maybe she's just not sure. She comes again. Same thing. I connect up with her, and I'm like, hey, you want to go out for coffee? And we talk at coffee. Comes out, hey, I haven't been confirmed. I don't know what all of this stuff means, and I would really like to get to know. And so what we did was we met every Friday, and we got to know. She got to know the stuff that you know. The stuff that forms our communion, forms our congregation, forms our togetherness. And today, as she comes forward and she says that I believe those things and I promise these things, she gets to be a part of our communion. Both in terms of the Lord's Supper, but also in terms of our shared life together. Just as we all get to share in that shared life. We look forward to it. Amen.